Hi, how are you? You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Babies eat, sleep and poop. Most of the time, if you're lucky, they'll sleep. So how do you do it safely and well? Lorraine Harrison is an educator at Red Nose Australia, and she's here to talk to us about all things safe sleeping. Hi, Lorraine. How are you? Hi, Sean. Well, thank you. What's the first thing you'd say to a new parent when it comes to sleep and babies? I guess the first thing that I would say is that um, a lot of new parents are really worried about providing a safe environment for their baby to sleep. And it's actually fairly simple and easy steps to follow. So we would say that you should always place your baby on their back to sleep, keep baby's head and face uncovered, and keep baby smoke-free. And that applies during pregnancy and infancy, and always babies and children should be kept smoke-free, and to provide a safe environment um, for the baby to sleep in. What's the best practice in terms of where a baby sleeps in the first year? Because it's, there's so many types of products out there on the market that babies could be placed to sleep in, uh, Red Nose very much only suggests and recommends products that meet Australian mandatory standards. Um, so they should be placed in a safe sleeping environment, which would include a cot, which meets Australian standards, or a portable cot, which meets the mandatory Australian standards. Most bassinets are okay, but there aren't mandatory standards for bassinets, but there are voluntary standards. And those guidelines can be seen by going to the product safety website. That's so interesting because bassinets, you can be offered everything from an antique bassinet your grandmother used to a Moses basket that's the latest fashion. So would, I mean, obviously not the older ones, but the newer versions like a Moses basket or other things that are coming out these days, Will you find those on the product safety website? Yes, you won't. You won't find the particular brand names at all. It's the same with cots and porta cots. You won't find brand names, but product safety website and and Red Nose website does link to product safety's guidelines. Um, so product safety's guidelines for bassinet would include things like making sure the base is wide and stable. If it's on wheels, it should have a locks on the wheels. Uh, the type of mattress that should be used, um, and and the height from the mattress from the base of the bassinet to the top. So how high the sides should be, which are all um, safety guidelines. Uh, let's talk about mattresses because mm-hmm. I'm not sure if these are myths or not. But um, one thing I was told when I had my babies was not to use a secondhand mattress. Is there any research behind that or evidence that you shouldn't? That's unsafe to use a secondhand mattress. No, secondhand mattresses are fine as as long as they meet the general guidelines for mattresses. So as long as they are still firm, as long as they fit properly, and as long as you can be convinced of the cleanliness of that product. So using a secondhand mattress that you may have bought online with a secondhand cot and you're not sure about where it's been stored or how it's been used, um, parents may prefer to buy a new mattress for that. But as long as that mattress is firm, clean, well-fitting and fits appropriately, then um, it it can be used as a second-hand mattress. So there's no reason why parents can't use uh, a mattress that's been used by an older sibling. 
Now, I was very susceptible to this whole mattress thing with my first child, um, particularly with the bassinet mattress. Yes. I think I may have told you this story before, Lorraine, but for those who haven't heard it, um, I bought a tea tree leaf mattress because the person in the store said that it was uh, better, it was safer for children because it was porous and they could breathe through it. It was the most impractical mattress I have ever owned in that it wasn't firm and it, it would just go in clumps and baby would slip everywhere. Um, it, with those sorts of products, um, is there a basic um, outline of what you would say we should look for in a mattress? I would certainly say um, within that, obviously that mattress wasn't firm, so no. <laughs> it wouldn't, wouldn't fit uh, our recommended guidelines. With a bassinet, um, the general recommendations, and that's from comes from product safety as well, is that with a bassinet, the mattress shouldn't be any thicker than about 75 millimetres, so 7.5 centimetres, so a couple of inches thick, and that would tie in with the height of the bassinet as well. Um, I guess I guess we don't want to see what I saw with one of my children. Um, he was on the very soft mattress in the bassinet, which was about, you know, two inches from the top of the bassinet side. Oh, dear. <laughs> and I found him one morning at, at about two or three months old lying um, with his feet up over the side of the bassinet because there just wasn't the space between the top of the mattress and the top of the bassinet. Right. So there's, that's good. There's real practical guidelines mm. that you can look at and work out what is safe and what isn't. So that's where you put the ba- like what they actually sleep in. Yes. What about the room? Where is it? Where do they? Does Red Nose Australia recommend you have a baby sleep in your home for the first year? Yeah. We recommend that babies uh, that parents room share with their baby uh, in that first six to 12 months. So that the ideal for that, particularly for nighttime sleeps, would be that the baby would be in a safe cot uh, in the parent's room. Uh, and daytime sleeps, um, you know, p- parents might decide to use a, um, a porter cot or something like that for a baby to sleep in so that it can be, particularly with um, parents that have homes that are two level, um, so they don't want to be running up and down stairs all the time checking on the baby that's sleeping. Now, that the, the reason behind room sharing is predominantly a, a checking or supervision, supervising thing. Um, so, But the most important aspects of safe sleeping is placing them on their back, head and face uncovered and smoke free. Um, room sharing is certainly recommended as well, but... Uh, if babies are not placed in a safe environment in a safe way, then room sharing is is probably of, of no purpose. Mm. So for many families, especially a lot of homes these days, it's the the rooms are not big enough to have a cot in the room with the parents. So some people will use uh, a bassinet that follows the guidelines that we mentioned before. But if they are placing baby to sleep in their own room, we just recommend that you know, particularly if mum and or dad or whoever's the adult caregiver is uh, whenever you get up, you know how often you have to get up and go to the loo during the night, that you just pop in and check on the baby, uh, making sure that they haven't um, been able to get into an unsafe position for them at that age, which is unlikely to happen if babies are placed in the cot in the same way and avoiding soft and padded um, things within the cot. What about how do you feel about um, video or sound monitors in that case? Yeah, I, I actually have been reminding my grandchildren recently. I think they're fantastic, um, but in terms of that's very personal. That's that's not a red nose position. Um, look, I think 
they certainly have a place to play, uh, uh, and I think it's. Um, but it doesn't take the place of personal um, supervision and checking. Uh, although I think what I've seen with you know my own children, um, with their children, is is that using those video monitors, they seem to be a lot more diligent in in oh, yes. observing and and checking on children rather than. Um, the key thing I learned with the video monitor was to turn the sound down because I had one of those ones. So I didn't have one with my first. I had one with my second yeah. and it was brilliant. But um, I got a bit excited and had the, so I'd go to sleep and he would like roll over and murmur and I'd be <gasps> awake, you know, and so I, and it had a vibration on it as well. And like, this is just designed for me not to sleep. But then. Um, because I, I don't know if this is true, but I've heard that new mums can often sleep quite lightly when they're quite attuned into their babies. Mm. So I was a very light sleeper. Yeah, yeah. And so every time that scream came on, I would wake up, but with less alarm yeah, than when yeah. there was sound attached yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think the other point about monitors, we, we certainly don't recommend the use of um, sensor monitors or breathing or heart monitors for most babies. Um, some parents, particularly if they've had difficulties with a previous baby or have had a previous loss, find those types of monitors very supportive. And we certainly wouldn't say to them, don't use it. But the the um, heart rate and breathing monitors are, very, are of no point if baby's not being placed safely to sleep. We'll be back with more Feed, Play, Love and Lorraine Harrison from Red Nose Australia right after this. Helpline with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue is back. Catch us live on the Kindling Facebook page every Friday at 11.30am. Ask your questions there or email us beforehand at helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. Helpline, live on Facebook every Friday at 11.30am. Plus, you can listen back in the Feed, Play, Love podcast every Monday morning. Available on Apple, Google, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. So the key message for Red Nose Australia, one that has been consistent and made a huge mm. difference to sudden and unexplained deaths in infants, is um, sleeping babies on their back. That's right. When is it safe to let them sleep on their tummy? Because some do seem to find Actually, that comforting, don't most, they? Most. Yeah, I was going to say, I still find it comforting <laughs> yeah. to sleep on my tummy. But I wish yes. I could sleep on my tummy. Um, <laughs> look, you know, the... the I'm often very careful, particularly with, with parents, to talk about placing baby on their back to sleep. Uh, and that's not contrary to what Red Nose is saying. You know, we're saying that baby should be um, on their back to sleep. So, but by about five to six months, most babies will be rolling over on their own accord and most of those will prefer to sleep on their tummy. That's a very different situation. So by about five months or so, that a baby gets themselves to their tummy where they can lift their head up, change their position, roll around, which would be like pretty much all adults. Not many adults go to bed and don't change their position all night. So that that's a different situation than a little baby who's placed on their tummy and can't move, can't change their position. So Red Nose actually recommends that from about three months of age that babies who are being wrapped or swaddled should have start to get their arms out of that swaddle because many babies do start rolling from about three months on. So when we say five to six months, obviously some roll before that, some roll after it. So it's a good idea to have their arms free from about three months, um, still always place them on their back, 
if you're concerned about um, what their ability to roll is, you can always um, do things like increase their tummy time, play time while they're awake uh, to help build up the upper body strength to help them to roll safely. Rolling is a normal process, a normal developmental stage, and we can't stop or inhibit that. We can only make that environment particularly safe for them as they're learning to do that. Once parents are happy that their babies are able to roll safely, then we say still place them on their back and let them find their own position of comfort. There's no need to start rolling babies back all the time once they're able to roll. Thank goodness. My son yes. just kept rolling continuously around absolutely, the whole cot. <laughs> absolutely. And many, many of them, and, and that's why it's so important that they have their arms free because they really, it's very difficult to, I, I often challenge a lot of parents to, to get onto your own bed and get on your tummy and then tuck your arms underneath you and try and change your position. It's very difficult for an adult, let alone a little baby. Mm. And with regard to that, does Red Nose Australia have any recommendation in terms of bedclothes? Because I know with my children, I put them, both of them, into little jumpsuits or um, mm. sleeping bags because there was no way they were going to stay under a sheet. But in terms of safety, is that also a better choice safety-wise? It prob- probably is um, in many cases. Uh, I mean, in, in those first couple of months, babies are going to stay pretty much put. Most babies, they might turn their head from side to side, but they're not going to, some of them will wriggle and squirm a little bit, but they don't move in huge amounts. So what we would say at that stage is if you wanted to use a sheet or even a light blanket to make the, be- the cot up, sort of almost like what we used to call short sheeting Mm -hmm. uh, so that you have the baby's feet at the foot of the cot and tuck any thin cotton blankets and sheet in tightly around the baby so that they can't wriggle down under the covers. But you're right, once they start moving, once they're mobile in the cot, blankets, sheets, anything like that becomes a liability rather than an asset. And so we would suggest, um, yeah, sleeping bag with their arms out. I mean, whether like it is at the moment, it simply might be simply a uh, nappy and singlet. Um, but, you know, they're, they're not going to stay under the covers. No. Whether, so <laughs> what's the point? <laughs> I don't know why I thought there was something wrong with my child that they, would, <laughs> they wouldn't stay under there. Like, Sounds pretty normal to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, now, many couples do resort to co-sleeping yes. in the early months and years. Mm-hmm. How can people do it safely if this is a choice they make? Sure. Um, Red Nose has very much a risk minimisation approach to co-sleeping. There are some inherent risks in co-sleeping in certain environments. And um, we know that out of the number of bubbies who continue to die today, probably about 60% of those babies are in a co-sleeping environment. So... What we we would suggest in terms of reducing that risk is potentially to avoid having baby in bed with you under about three or four months of age. Um, And if if the choice then is to have baby in bed with you, baby shouldn't be wrapped that are in a co-sleeping environment. Um, But it's the same principles. Baby should still be on their back. We still, still try and keep their head and face uncovered. So this is where adult pillows and adult bedding can be quite um, a risk. Um, many of the, a lot of the information would suggest that baby is at less risk in a co-sleeping environment if they're on the side 
of one parent rather than in between both parents. Um, and usually that's that's the mother or, or in most environments would be the mother who is breastfeeding, would, would have baby in that position. We certainly know that there is potentially less of a risk having baby in that position, avoiding head and face being covered, than if mum brings the baby in bed for the purpose of breastfeeding, particularly in those very early days, and there's a high, and it's in the middle of the night, mums are really tired, uh, and there is a risk of falling asleep while holding the baby, and that can create risks on its own as well. So, you know, we, we would certainly say be informed. You know, have a look at the, we have some really good information on our website on sharing a sleep surface. The website is rednose.com.au and and that information will really, which is a little bit more expanded than what I've said, but will help in, in providing a less risky environment for baby that's in an adult bed. And I think the key thing that I understand about co-sleeping as well is that the surface is what that you choose to share is should be super important. Yeah, like yeah. don't do it on a lounge. That's right. Exactly. Don't fall asleep with a baby yeah. on your chest yeah. on the lounge. Yeah. That's very dangerous. Uh, that's right. And and you know, I, I guess I was concentrating on on the adult bed. Um, certainly, there are surfaces like lounges and things like that that are inherently risky uh, and should be avoided. Uh, it, it's the same as, as you'll often see those cute photos of, of babies asleep, and it's often on dad's chest on a lounge. And mm-hmm. <laughs> you, get, you get palpitations. I start getting palpitations then. So <laughs> Which it, is all right if the dad's awake. If dad's awake. If dad's awake watching Absolutely. footy, we don't have a problem. Absolutely. <laughs> but the, we, we would suggest, because, of, again, of the inherent risk of going to sleep, those early months with parents, I mean... My early parenting days are many, many, many years gone past, but I still remember that that incredible tiredness and lethargy from having uh, a newborn baby. And so, you know, that's that's fine, but let's hope mum or, or partner or, or someone else is, is around just to make sure that dad goes doesn't go to sleep or whoever's sleeping the baby. But also remembering that when baby is asleep on who the adult's chest, if that adult is laying down, then that baby is actually sleeping on their tummy, ah, and so it's it's it should be more in a sitting up position if they're going to do that. Yeah. Mm. That actually is the sweetest feeling in the world. I think sitting up oh, with your baby tucked under your chin and they're asleep. Oh, I've got a five year old. I've got a five year old <laughs> grandson who still comes and likes to cuddle like that's beautiful. Oh. <laughs> Stop it. I'm not having any more. Okay, look, just before we let you go, if you had to summarise the main things you'd want parents to take away from this chat about safely sleeping a baby, what would it be? Okay. I think, yes, the general guidelines, um, placing baby on the back, keeping head and face uncovered, keeping baby smoke-free and in a safe environment. But, But remembering that those guidelines have been around for quite some time now and in the last 25 years or so we've, we've actually seen an 85% reduction in the infant death rate and the only thing that has changed in that period of time is how we place babies to sleep. So it, it's probably recognised as the most successful health promotion campaign ever across the whole universe um, and, and we're very proud of that. And um, we certainly now are working towards seeing that last 15% uh, and seeing the reduction in that. So I guess I would say to parents to be be really confident 
in how what the recommendations are and that the risk of anything adverse happening to your baby by following those guidelines is incredibly low. I mean, the, the, the rate's already dropped, as I said, 85%. It's a lovely place to end it on, on confidence for all of us. Terrific. Lorraine, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. That's Lorraine Harrison. She's an educator at Red Nose Australia, and we'll pop a link up to their website on ours. Just head to babyology.com.au forward slash feedplaylove. In the next episode of Feed, Play, Love, GP Sneha Wadwani talks about all the changes our bodies go through during pregnancy. So besides changes in the outward appearance of the body, like the big boobs and the big bump, there are also basic physiological processes that affect all aspects of life in pregnancy, including even your breathing, your sleep, your appetite and your digestion. This podcast is produced by Elise Cooper. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.